0: Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing,
1: different, different.
0: This is NOCO FM.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to NOCO Live, NOCO FM's weekly episodic television internet show thing. Uh, I am here uh chris lanfear your host with the mostest aka the person who lives in the studio and cannot leave due to uh, social distancing and stay at home requirements um with me tonight live via satellite uh charles joseph kelly how are you sir I'm, I'm kidding.
0: I'm just fucking kidding with you. I'm just fucking with you, dude. I just to add a pause, just to like, like make you like freak the fuck out for like two seconds. No, yeah,
2: that'd be really super.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, no, things, things are, things are okay. We're making it through. This is week. What, where are we? What month is it? I, dude, what I don't know. On, I don't know. On Twitter, it's like, hey, this is next week, and I was like. That makes so much sense right now. Like it 100% makes sense that it is one, it is fucking Christmas next week. So that is where I am at. Now Chris is, Chris is uh,
2: messing around with the headphones. I am so messing around eat. with the headphones. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh yeah, I can hear you fine. I'm just, I realized I was wearing my unsexy headphones. Ooh, so uh,
0: These are the ones, these are the ones made for your ears.
2: Yeah. Ooh, hot. Yeah. Look at those, better. dude. Nice haircut, man. <laughs> oh yeah. The haircut. Okay. Uh, I am being told that, uh, we can't hear you on YouTube. Uh, so give me one second. Okay. Mm-hmm-hmm. Well, oh, there's Corbin. Hello. I have right. arrived. What's right. up, Corbin?
1: Oh, you know, just bumbling around the old the old cottage right now. What are <laughs> you guys doing? Oh, live yeah, you so, so nobody can hear us
0: on YouTube or Twitch, just to be aware, of Chris. So for some reason, it's not pumping audio into the stream for Corbin.
1: And
2: I. Yeah, give him one second, and it will. Oh. Hey,
1: Corbin, baby. Hey, darling. How are you faring in all this not so fair weather? I am recording. I am recording live out of my van. Fuck yeah! <laughs> I was. I was about to. I was about to ask. I was like, "Where are you right now?" I am. I am
0: live out of my van. It's because I am living with uh, with two children who have to have a bedtime still, and I'm a loud, obnoxious. Bucktard who, who 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 keeps the kids up at night. Um, we played uh, we played Jackbox uh last Sunday and it was a bad they're like, hey, we have school. They the, the children came into the room and were like, hey, we've got school at eight in the morning. Can you shut the fuck
1: up? <laughs> <laughs> you do get extraordinarily loud during during the Jackbox. I actually played Jackbox with the fam jam last night.
2: I, I think we can hear you guys on, on the stream now, so Dumb. Dumb. that's good.
1: Hooray. What, what Jackbox Party Pack were you playing? Well, so I've got, so
0: we, we've we been doing like, um, like twice a week. We've been playing five and we have been playing six because that looks pretty dope. Because um, it's got the... It's I got think the, that's the one
1: that we did. The one, is that the one with push the button?
0: It's got, I think it's got push the button. Yeah, well, it's push the button, the, the
1: alien one, right? Yeah, that one's yeah, cool. that's. Yeah, that one always makes us all turn on each other. That one's yeah. one of the Flies and shit.
0: Oh, yeah. So uh, I like Push the Button. I like the robot rap one. That one's fucking hilarious as shit. shit. I, think I, love I love them. that one. Um, yeah. the, also, the, the, the Mad Libs joke one uh, just makes me realize how much people like telling jokes. It's great. It's so good.
1: Okay. It's pretty I, tremendous. I Actually, I had a pleasant surprise. Uh, when I, when I saw the credits for Push the Button, I saw two people that I went to high school with, and I was like, "Oh, holy shit!" <laughs> really?
2: Really? <laughs> That's, so
1: awesome. That's awesome. awesome. A teeny tiny Kevin Bacon uh, connection to the Jackbox.
2: Nice. Nice.
1: We should, we should
0: play. We should do like a, a night tonight, or not like maybe not tonight, but maybe sometime this week where we play Jackbox on the stream.
1: Oh my God, that would be so sick. Yeah, I would I would be down for it tonight, but I'm I'm already committed to a family game session in like ten minutes. Otherwise, absolutely.
2: Ten minutes? Ten minutes. Didn't didn't you tell them you had more pressing things to do?
1: I did, yes, yeah. but you also need to understand how important that competition is to the all ball family. That's fair.
2: That's fair. I get that. I, get that. <laughs> I think there's oh, a little wow. bit of there. a whole lot of
0: yeah. yeah. What's that? <laughs> Corbin and I are saying the same thing. There's a little bit of an echo somewhere down the line. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Trying. Also,
1: just so you're all aware, and I'm sure, I'm sure, Chris, you, you might have some experience, but uh, I also have, like, a Bermuda Triangle of Internet service here. So if for whatever reason, you just lose me. Um, it's because the house exploded and I am dead now.
2: Oh, okay. Oh,
1: that's good. That's so exciting. Will we get to see it Yeah, on the news? yeah.
2: Why would the Why house explode?
1: explode? No, you won't actually. Because nothing ever gets reported here in Fort Morgan. Did I tell you there was like a month or two ago when I was driving back from- I was driving back here from Denver, and the single road that you have to take to get to my house here, to my family's house here, That road was closed down because a semi straight up drove off the overpass, flipped over, and was on fire in the middle of the road, and it was closed down all night, and there was not a word, a peep, in the daily periodical about that shit. So I am now convinced that that was some small town political assassination that was going on. (laughs) (laughs) And that's right there. <laughs> oh, I see what's that's, going on.
0: Chris, the, the, the echo is because you're 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 streaming from both mics. Right. Um right. Yep, yep, yep. How
2: about how about, um, how about now? Is that uh, better?
0: That
1: makes sense. We'll, see. we'll see.
0: That's we'll better. See. Uh, it's a, we'll <laughs> um, uh,
1: I mean sure. from my from my seat in the stands? No, absolutely not. Yeah. That's <laughs>
0: We'll figure it out. We'll just have this like really nice echo. We are recording this episode yeah. from the Mile High Stadium in Denver, Colorado.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Hear our voices shout from on high. Um, so I have I have, I have three cameras three pointed, pointed at me at and, me and
2: at I don't know, you know which one which to, look, one to look, at. look at. Oh my god. Um, that echo um, so, is awful. So
0: Corbin, uh yes. question. Wrestling yes. without an audience, what the fuck?
1: <laughs> okay, so here's here's the dealio if you, if you just commit to the view, if you just commit to the watch, eventually you stop noticing. Uh, I, I found that after about 45 minutes, and this is true of generally, like, it's not like I get used to it and then I just never notice. Because with each, with each, it doesn't matter if it's Raw, AEW, Dynamite, WrestleMania, there's always the first 30 or 45 minutes where I'm just like, this is so weird, I don't like this at all but eventually my brain just gets adjusted and I just view it as like any other TV show. And it, I don't know. It, I, I tolerate it.
0: Chris wrestling uh, without an audience. How do you feel?
2: Uh, I'm not, I'm not entirely opposed to it. I don't know. There's definitely <laughs> something that takes away from it. Um, because the it, the the performers rely on the crowd and they kind of feed on that energy and when that's not there, it's very awkward and stilted and strange and I think it loses something from that. Um, I, I I respect uh, especially with WrestleMania, which happened last night and Saturday night because it was too big for just one night. Um, it I respect that they wanted to do something to. Uh, give people a diversion from what's going on, but I I can't say that I a hundred percent supported it because a, the product suffered as a result and B it didn't seem like it was worth the risk to me. So I'm kind of torn about it.
1: Yeah. I feel feel that I, I understand that viewpoint. I think that WrestleMania is kind of one of those things where you, if it can happen in any way, shape or form, it's going to take place because pro wrestling isn't one of those things that you can just you know like you can stop a baseball season you can stop a basketball season but you know as far as like the the ongoing storylines and the stuff they have in motion with wrestling like if they if they can find a way to bring that all to a conclusion and tie it up into a neat little bow you know as we all have to go into our quarantine sequester you know, I say more power to them get the bag.
2: I yeah, I were- I I I don't disagree with that. Uh, on the whole, I think the 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 big issue is like there was nothing preventing them from just postponing the show. If they literally just hit the pause button and aired, you know, any of their 100 years of wrestling history as TV shows in its place until everything gets resolved, I don't think there would have been any harm in that than just hitting pause. You know, like, what would they have lost, I guess, is my question.
1: Momentum. And it's, I think it's a big deal because you have, I mean, you have storylines like Edge, Randy Orton, you have, like, you know, you have Drew McIntyre, who they were clearly going all in with, uh, with, with the booking for all this. And, you know, if you're going all in on someone like that, like, you can't, you're not going to be able to put like the climax of that story on hold for two, three, four months, because the thing, the thing was like, you know, I think for them, it came down to a choice of, do we have it now or not at all? Because if they tried to delay it with, with how finicky and half-assed our, our precautions have been for all this, you know, it could have been like, all right, well, we'll, we'll delay this until until May or we'll delay this until June well when you still can't have uh public gatherings in in May and June you know then they put everything on hold for like two or three months and then you have the fact that the fans are going to be pissed off about being lied to about it happening at a certain time I just I think it's just like I said on my own show with everything that everyone's confronting right now, there are no good solutions. There's just the least shitty solution for everybody involved.
2: Yeah, you're you're right. Like they they were they were kind of screwed no matter what they did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's you know it is what it is. I, I am glad that I got to watch WrestleMania. Um, I'm but I don't know. It, it, it's a conflict. I I was happy for Drew McIntyre, especially with what he's been through. I was happy for Edge. Um, Charles, I think I think you would enjoy, and, and one of the reasons I wanted Corbin to be on this show was I wanted a, 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 an esteemed wrestling professional like Corbin to try to explain to you the absurdity of two different things that occurred on WrestleMania, one of which uh. was uh, called the Boneyard match, between AJ Styles and The Undertaker, and the other was called the Firefly Funhouse match um, between John Cena and Bray Wyatt and Corbin, if you will.
1: Yes, of course. So, Charles, before I go into my Harvard-level dissertation of all this, um, you, what is your degree of background knowledge uh, with The Undertaker and with all those other previous wrestlers that we just brought up?
0: I, I know the names... And then I saw that video of Stone Cold Steve Austin recently, where he was on stage and he was trying to get the audience pumped. And there was nobody in the audience, and that <laughs> yeah. shit was good. Yeah, that's
1: all I got. That's all I got. Okay. Okay. Good. So, so basically, you know, one thing and kind of alley ooping on the earlier discussion. One one reason why I am glad that they move forward with the show is because they they WWE has this very fun habit of when they're they're backed up into a corner, they do really well when they're just improvising and making do with what they have. And mm-hmm. in the last few years, um, there's been, so generally pro wrestling has been, I said a fairly traditional, like, takes place in front of an audience, you know, paid attendance, whatever. However, in the last few years there's been a number of matches that have kind of they've been filmed as if they're like television productions and WWE kind of took that seed idea and took it to its lo- took it to its logical conclusion with these two WrestleMania matches because rather than them taking place in front of the empty arena in front of, you know, all the empty seats and all that, they went full-scale camp like the the boneyard match felt like something out of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and, and that one I guess we'll, we'll start with because that one's a little bit easier to unpack. Uh, so basically, it was it it played like a campy western from like a late '90s action movie or something, okay. and you know you have you still have the wrestlers having the match, but you have dramatic cuts. You have incidental music. You have all of these things that you can kind of play around with in the format that you can't necessarily do in a in a traditional wrestling match. And, and
2: I know you guys can't see it, but uh, on the screen right now for our for our viewers is are some clips from the from the boneyard match that WWE posted on their YouTube channel.
1: <laughs> so you know. It's stuff like, uh, you know, like The Undertaker's whole shtick is that he's supernatural and he can do magical shit. Well, there's only so many magical things that you can do when it's just a guy in a live performance. Whereas, you know, during this taped during this pre-taped segment, you could literally have The Undertaker teleport behind AJ Styles like a like a mystical demon and have him like blow up buildings and shit, which is exactly what happened. And, you know, I think that having wrestlers who actually make shit explode is the next step in, in the wrestler's character development, in my, in my humble opinion.
2: Uh, uh, we just saw the clip where AJ th- uh, ran Undertaker through the fence. And what's hilarious about that for me is that the fence was gimmicked so that <laughs> the entire fence fell when they only hit one part of it. Rather than them actually going through the fence, they just sort of knocked the fence down. Oh,
1: it's so perfect. <laughs> which was
2: pretty great.
1: My my favorite thing about it is that basically in wrestling storylines, the Undertaker literally killed three wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> Did it's it pretty, right life? Yeah, one of he
2: one threw, of which he throws off of a off of the top of a barn like twenty feet mm-hmm. below.
1: Yep. Threw his ass off a roof, the other one he tombstone pile right onto the roof, which he later blew up. And then he choke slammed AJ Styles off a roof, and I legitimately thought AJ was hurt because I'm I'm a stupid person. And
2: <laughs> you ben were you were anyway. buying into the story though. That's the fun part. Like you know, I was. That that's the wonderful thing about it was because they treated it like it was serious, even though you know that no one was actually getting you know murdered, um, that they weren't broadcasting a murder on live television or on uh, slightly pre-taped television. Um, you you know you you kind of you you set that disbelief aside for a moment where it's like wow he's really trying to to hurt these people.
1: <laughs> and again, should I call
2: nine one one?
1: You're you're able to punctuate it with dramatic string music and you know uh, a segment where the Undertaker rolls in on his motorcycle like a badass to a
2: know, like Metallica something. song, which I'm impressed that they actually paid money to license. But I imagine no, for no, Undertaker no. they'll do whatever he wants.
1: That was so, all the pyro budget that they didn't have. So this is, this is, this is
0: my question for y- you both uh, when it comes to wrestling. Now, Ooh. as a big fan of Doctor Who, I understand that there are 50 years of content to start, and it's very difficult to get people into uh, into the storyline. Uh, So you have to have all that backstory. So it's very difficult for new audience members to jump on in when it comes to wrestling. I feel it's the same thing where there's not really like a good jumping in point. Where is the good jumping in point to like get into the story?
2: Well, if you if you look at it in terms of like a television season, which uh, one of the things about WWE that's both great and horrifying is that they have no offseason season. They are they are okay. live pandemics be damned 24 or you know 52 weeks a year, um, and their season official or unofficially begins and ends with WrestleMania. WrestleMania is the culmination of the big storylines and kind of how what the conclusion of those things are, and then Raw the night after WrestleMania, which is tonight, um, is kind of when the new storylines start. Some of which will go throughout the next year. Some of which will go and you might only go for a few weeks, but the nice thing about it is the storylines go to the point where you could honestly jump in any week, and between recaps and the announcers, you'll have an idea of what's going on, and it doesn't require you to have decades of knowledge of the backstory of certain characters.
1: Yeah, that's one thing that WWE definitely does, and it, it annoys the piss out of me as someone who actually watches and follows regularly, but now that Chris mentions that, I now realize that's exactly why they they recap stuff to death on the show. You to know, an absurd
2: degree, basically.
1: You know, if there's any significant storyline going on, you can guarantee that there will be some form of a video package or the announcers, you know, giving you the at least like the story of the last month or two to at least catch you up to speed. And then, okay. you know, I, I have this experience a lot because I have a couple of friends that I've just recently got into wrestling in the last couple of years. And so, you know, it's been it's 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 hilarious getting someone into wrestling for the first time, not only, you know, seeing who they you know, who their favorite wrestlers are initially, but, you know, it kind of having to fill in the gaps of knowledge for them, like you know, if there's a standoff in the ring for whatever reason from someone who's had history from like five or six years ago, you know, they'll be like, I'm sorry, why was that a big moment? And then you'll be like, oh, because they had this match at Judgment Day in 2012 and then they broke up and they feuded for a while and then they thought they were okay, but now they're not blah, 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 How, blah.
2: However, to, to be fair, or, or, or to, <laughs> to be in, in the interest of full transparency, they're not always the best at sticking to their own established storylines. They do sometimes say, like, this guy is a good guy. You should cheer for him and you should hate the guy he is fighting. And then the next week, sometimes with a lot of explanation, sometimes with none whatsoever, they'll pretend that what happened last week didn't happen at all and ask you to buy that person as a completely different character with entirely different character traits and just a, a bizarre change of behavior so <laughs> you have a little yeah. bit of both it's 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 a bit of a schizophrenic way of doing things and and the, the strange thing about wrestling is you know like Corbin I've been a fan since I was a kid but the there there were there were chunks of years where I took time off and and just didn't really pay attention to it by and large I, I would say a good of the storylines that happen, especially within WWE, are not that great. It's the other 60% that when they're good and they're firing on all cylinders and both of the people playing those characters are invested in that story, that's when the stuff is really, really good. However, that just means you have to sit through a lot of stuff that's kind of, at best, kind of boring and at worst, just God awful storytelling. So you get a nice mix Are you of both. To get
1: people to watch wrestling, Chris. Cause I feel like.
2: <laughs> I mean, I could be watching wrestling right now, but I'm talking to you guys, so.
1: That's um, true. I was like, I feel like we're giving the good cop, bad cop sell on that right now. <laughs> Wait, speaking. Like, of- it's, it's really good, but if it's not really good, it's kind of fucking garbage. <laughs> but, okay.
2: It's yeah. I when mean, it comes
0: to garbage, is it like the good kind, like Bachelorette kind of garbage? Or is it, like, garbage? Like, actually, like, this is fucking stupid. I need to go away now. It's, it's got a fair
2: so, amount of, like, real soap opera tropes like you know one of the storylines they just finished off um was a a male and female wrestler who are married in real life and in storyline but in the storyline she left him for another wrestler and was doing all of these salacious kind of heel things of like making out in front of her ex and and it's, they basically did a whole cuckold storyline so you get you get stuff like that when they're not you know Play hitting the hell out of each other. So there's a, yeah, there, it, it runs the gamut of storytelling.
1: It does, and to kind of you know to that point, it kind of depends what era you're looking at. Because to be perfectly honest, like the trashy sto- quote unquote, the trashy storylines that happen in WWE now, like what Chris just described, in a certain era in WWE, that would be amazing, ridiculous car crash television if it was uh-huh. taking place during the Attitude Era or the Ruthless Aggression Era. But because WWE kind of exists in this weird, like, I, I it's like, it's PG-13, but it's almost like, it's it's basically as extreme as, like, the Avengers movies Correct. at points. Unless, you know, a wrestler decides to say, like, bitch or shit during, during an episode, and then it's a big deal. But usually, like, even when you bring in, like, extreme stuff like that, it's not even like it's not. I, I know I'm good cop right now, but it's not even like enter, entertaining and like love is blind, you know, car crash, Tiger King way. It's just boring as shit.
2: True. But the nice thing okay. is okay, so we've switched roles. So now I'm good cop. Because the nice thing about it is that you have a two or three hour show, several of which during the week to check out. And there's any number of different storylines going on on those shows. So if you don't like storyline a storyline B or C might grab you and then you just kind of, you know, go get a sandwich when storyline A is on. So, I mean, there's a lot of things happening at the same time. So chances are there's something happening that, that you would be into. Yeah. dope. In
1: my experience,
2: yeah. So with with that, the Firefly Funhouse match. Now this one kind of defies description. Just by the name, it sounds like something insane, and it is. Um, WWE hasn't posted any 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 video of this yet. So, Corbin, <laughs>
1: no good however, luck. They are re they are re airing the match from what from what I read. They're re airing the match. I think on either Raw or SmackDown. Oh, or right both. on. So yeah, so Um, yeah, to give people a taste. So Uh, yeah, uh, go for it. It's it's my unpacking time, I guess. Yeah. Um, So the Firefly Funhouse existed in a similar vein to to the the Boneyard match, in the sense that it was pre-taped and filmed like a standard like episode of television. Uh, the biggest difference, though, is that while the Boneyard match was still a fairly traditional uh, wrestling match, it just took place in a Boneyard, and there were explosions, and people may or may not have died at the end of it. <laughs> other than that, it was a fairly typical wrestling match. The Firefly Funhouse, on the other hand, so this requires a background knowledge, and I'm just going to I'm just gonna try and buzzsaw through this shit as This as I it. can. There's, will a be fun. there's a wrestler named Bray Wyatt. And he's like an evil culty kind of spooky Charles Manson type. And Uh he was a big, huge deal when he first came on. Uh, But then he got beat by John Cena at WrestleMania and he kind of lost his luster. But recently he's adopted this new gimmick called The Fiend, where it's this like, he puts on this mask that's designed by Tom Savini, which is really neat uh, and scary, like actually scary. Uh, and he's basically like this super evil trans-dimensional demon. Uh, but the thing is that because he's fully embraced this fiend persona, he has this split personality going. So he's the fiend when he wants to be super bad, but when he's in human form as Bray Wyatt, he hosts a children's show called The Firefly Funhouse where he has little puppet pals and tries to teach children like twisted, you know, wonder shows and type type messages. Right, right. Um, And so, right. So if none of this is making sense, it's gonna get worse. Uh, So (laughs) John Cena challenged. So The Fiend has been like running through the entire wrestling roster and he's basically like in kayfabe in like wrestling canon. He's like the number one most dangerous wrestler. So of course John Cena, who is the number one Superman wrestler in wrestling canon, wants to challenge him and put Bray Wyatt away forever. So so The Fiend's whole thing is that he exposes people's fears and he like, you know, the, the conflict with The Fiend is so intense that it changes who they are as a person. So every wrestler that is feuded with The Fiend has either started off as a good guy and changed into a bad guy after fighting The Fiend or in Daniel Bryan's case, he was a bad guy and then became a good guy after fighting The Fiend. So, you know, the whole conceit is that he fundamentally changes who you are when you fight him. Uh, So it's like we're getting into some weird anime shit with this. (laughs) So, anyway, as this relates to the match, uh, you know, John Cena challenges Bray Wyatt to this match at WrestleMania, and he's like, all right, we'll have this match, but it's going to take place in my Firefly Funhouse. So... What happens is, at WrestleMania, John Cena comes out to the ring as if he's gonna wrestle Bray Wyatt, and this is where it gets really weird. (laughs) Bray Wyatt proceeds to, with the magic of television and editing, teleport John Cena to his Firefly Funhouse, which turns into this warped adventure through John Cena's career and psyche where basically Bray Wyatt reenacts every failure that John Cena has had throughout his career, going all the way back to his debut. So they, so for example, as soon as uh, John Cena like falls into the portal of the Firefly Funhouse, he's suddenly teleported all the way back to the year 2000 when he's not even wrestling as John Cena anymore. He's wrestling as like his first gimmick that he ever had uh which is the prototype and they got him to come out dressed exactly like he did when he was the prototype and Mm -hmm. he came out and he he was forced through black magic or whatever the hell to you know uh live out like all of all of his worst moments in his career but with bray wyatt kind of standing in for you know for all those wrestlers who got the best of him Mm -hmm. um and At the end of it yeah and at the end of it uh you know bray wyatt breaks john cena psychologically and forces him to attack him with a chair which is something that john cena number one good guy hero would never do to a person uh he reduces him to that action and then he disappears and then he comes back as the fiend and then he beats the shit out of john cena and then john cena disappears into the shadow realm the end it's a lot. It's in, a lot. In essence,
2: okay. it's as if David Lynch directed a wrestling match.
1: It's okay. Is
0: so it's let Mortal, yeah. Mortal Kombat it's Mortal twelve like <laughs> written by David Lynch is what we're doing here. Um, actually
1: yes. Yeah, kind that's of, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's okay. like, it's basically yeah, so actually no, that's perfect. No. So Bray <laughs> Wyatt is basically chronic.
0: Okay, yeah. Okay, good. Dope. Dope, okay I've got one last One last Wrestling question This has been on my mind for a yes. while So it, To me, what it seems like Is that each, each Wrestler Represents some kind of Genre or some kind of Belief system uh,
2: That it kind of Some kind of archetype, yeah
0: yeah, an archetype, right? So you've got your you've got your horror archetype, you've got your superhero archetype. What genre of of movie uh do you feel is underrepresented as an archetype and within uh the world of wrestling and how can we fix that together, us the three of us?
2: <laughs> oh, that's a question.
1: Science fiction. I need yeah, a wrestler okay. that shoots laser beams Glacier? and controls shit with their mind.
2: Mhm.
1: Yeah. I I think
0: that's fucking incredible. I was leaning that's like science fiction but just like having like fucking William Shatner, just just William Shatner as Kirk just like coming on stage and beating the shit out of John Cena would be
2: Mwah. It'd be, it'd be, perfect. I mean, William Shatner has appeared on Raw before, so it's not that far fetched.
1: Yeah, I was about to say that's definitely actually happened. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that's incredible. So, so Charles, do I have some good news for you? Pro well, wrestling totally is listening, and it is there for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, Charles. The the next time we can actually like hang out in the same room, I'm gonna show you the Firefly Funhouse match. Uh, just, just to watch your reaction.
1: So counterpoint to that though, I, through explaining it, I realized like, as, as someone who's followed it for a really long time, I loved the Firefly Funhouse. Oh, so did I. But so, so, um, and Charles, you were kind of, you, you were kind of alluding to it earlier, but in terms of like, if you're trying to get someone into pro wrestling for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, I would recommend, I feel like if you showed someone the Firefly Funhouse, I feel like they would be into it as long as they're already kind of into, like, the twisted horror David Lynch-esque, like, you know, surreal journey that that was. If you have no other, like, context, that's probably the only way that you would, uh, that you would really enjoy it. For example... Um, while I was watching it last night, my brother's girlfriend walked into the Firefly Funhouse <laughs> match, watched it for like 10 seconds, and she was like, this is stupid, and walked out. That's <laughs> wonderful. It's,
2: yeah, it's certainly not he, in, not... However. However.
1: I would say, if you showed him the the Boneyard match that would be something else entirely.
2: Yeah. Neither one of them are particularly not, they are not things I would point to, to say, here's a good idea of what wrestling is because they're not. The only reason they exist at all is because of the coronavirus pandemic. um, And because they were, they were forced to shoot everything ahead of time. They shot the entire show a week ahead of time. um, And tried to break it up a little bit by having a couple of events that didn't take place within their empty arena so they were forced to do this I don't think it would have happened for any other reason Um, but it's cool that it exists in kind of this weird side universe and for certain characters like Bray Wyatt and like The Undertaker who both have kind of a supernatural bent to them I think it kind of works but if you were to stick you know, Shawn Michaels in a match like that it wouldn't make any sense because it doesn't play to his strengths. But anyway, we've been talking about wrestling for (laughs) quite a while. This is not what I planned on, but that's okay.
1: It goes, it goes, it goes, it goes. Well, I enjoyed talking about it. Yeah, it was fun. And I will certainly talk about it again. And on that note, I am going to depart so that I can go rock my sibling shit at whatever stupid board game we're about to play. (laughs) Because <laughs> now I got the spirit of competition all inside me. Yeah. Beautiful. I fucking rock that shit.
2: Thanks, dude. You're you're. But
1: yeah, it was my pleasure. And I will absolutely join uh, you gentlemen for next week's live show. Excellent. Dope.
2: Dope. Brand new episode hey, of Corbin versus the world uh, aired tonight live at seven o'clock. It'll be hitting the podcast tomorrow. Corbin talks more about oh, WrestleMania yeah. and other things. So tune into that so wherever you things. get your podcasts.
1: What's that? Please do. Do it. Do it. Do it. Show me attention. Anyway, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to leave. And you guys are going to get to watch me try and leave the Zoom call. So this is probably going to be super awkward. <laughs> Have fun.
2: Enjoy.
1: I will.
2: Bye. Bye. Hey, Charles.
1: <laughs> hey, Chris. What's
2: up, man?
0: <laughs> Dude, I'm exhausted. I am the week I, here. We're ready.
2: Yeah, I I am too. Like I, I don't know. I, I honestly like because I'm because I'm thankful enough to like enjoy my job and what I do and the people I spend the day with. That uh, I usually look forward to Mondays. That mm. hasn't been the case uh, since this all started happening and uh it's just kind of one of those things where it's like you know i can't wait till this is over i just found out uh denver denver uh, pop culture con formerly denver comic-con um just announced that they are postponing until thanksgiving weekend Uh, and in in the most depressing news i I have to imagine that part of the reason for that um obviously the, the the pandemic itself but Part of the reason for that is that the Colorado Convention Center is being turned into a mobile triage hospital.
0: I just saw. I literally just saw that pop up that it's being turned into a 2,000 person triage center, which is
2: scary, man. It's... It, yeah, it it is, and you know, I. We all, we all know and love people who work in healthcare, so please uh, be safe, wear your masks, um, wash your hands, uh, do all those things. And uh, it's, working in healthcare is always a thankless job. Um, and even the, the sad thing is that even after this resolves itself um, to whatever degree it does, it's still gonna be a thankless job and they're not gonna get the kudos, they're not gonna get the praise that they should. Um, But but just know that here, the NOCO crew, we appreciate you, we see you, um, you know, we are thinking about you, and we want you to be safe, and we want you to to get through this, Um, and I appreciate the sacrifice that you're making for all of us um, who don't have to um, be in that kind of situation. Right. Um, What else... man i honestly let's
0: leave it at that that's we can have a little bit of a shorter episode this week but i think if if you if you feel comfortable with that i don't think unless you have something else like that you would like to talk about I mean, I, a good note to end up.
2: i didn't have anything queued up so yeah uh you know i think we can uh end on that note tonight um yeah why not i'm it's been a it's been a long day And, uh, you know, I'd like to relax for a little bit and I'm sure Charles would like to get out of his car um, and go inside and relax a little bit. So um, you have been watching and or listening to NOCO Live. Uh, We do this show every Monday night at 11 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Mountain uh, Live here from the NOCO FM studios in beautiful Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, Usually joined in studio by Charles and Kevcat, who um, was a little under the weather um, and couldn't join us tonight. But, uh, you know, we are using technology to the best of our ability to uh, keep producing things and to keep putting stuff out. And there's still lots of uh, fun stuff coming out. Um, Corbin's producing his show from home. And uh, like I said uh, earlier, there's new episodes of that um, every week. Um, We've have several new episodes of Talk and Roll in the can. So a new episode just came out last week. And so are we airing a new one this week or next week? Yep.
0: We're we're airing one this weekend too.
2: So So Saturday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain on the Noco FM live stream, which you can hear at noco.fm, um, you can also find us on Twitch, on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. We're at noco.fm on all of those platforms, and of course, our shows are primarily heard wherever you get your podcasts Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher all of those places. Check out our shows. There's also a podcast version of this show in case you missed it, or you uh, prefer to listen instead of watch. Um, Just search for NoCo Live in your podcast app and you will find us. We are everywhere. We love uh, beaming to your eyeballs. We love being in your ears. Um, And uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.